Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Nice to have you here with us, and uh, let's let's chat about what's ha- what's happening in the world here a little bit. Absolutely. What, uh, <laughs> well, John, you know, John, we uh, I got to say we survived, right? I mean, we had the midterm elections uh, last yep. Tuesday, and we had a great show with with, with Rob and um, talking about the gospel of welcome and politics. But the but we're still here. We made it through the elections, uh, man. How did we made it? Yeah, we we made it. I I don't know that we're you know we probably left some people licking their wounds, but yeah. you know, here here. <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, here we are, and hopefully we're still loving each other, and yeah. loving the Lord, and uh, seeking to do the best we can with. Uh, for the kingdom of God, that's the real kingdom we're after here. Uh, so you just got to keep all this in perspective. Yes. Know? That's the important thing. Um, Absolutely. Well, and John, I got to tell you, in keeping in things in perspective, I got to be honest with you, you know, going through the election and all that, here we are for this great show tonight. It's a very cold, not probably not as cold as where our guest is calling in from tonight, but uh, we uh-huh. just got, John, this is big. We just got word that the Oregon Ducks have moved up to number two. Is that right? Yeah, that, we oh, are. Two, that, that, that's oh, huge. no kidding. Two in the nation. Number two. Yeah, I, I think number two in the playoff. They got this new playoff system, you know, the four teams. And yes, they moved up this is going to be number, fun. Number two, and um, I'm, I'm beside myself. Yeah, yeah, this is going to really be fun. And who knows who's uh, – or I think Oregon has got the Northern Division pretty much uh, on, on lock, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an easy one. The yeah, South just, is the for grabs. I mean, yeah. it could be any one of about four or five teams that they're going to play, yeah. um, which means it probably beat all any one of them easily. <laughs> but, uh, you know, who knows? Well, you never know. Arizona State is tough. I mean, they just handed the handed it yeah. to Notre Dame over the weekend. I think they're their top ten team now. Oregon secured the Pac twelve North of the win over Utah. And so uh okay. you know, you and I here on the West and, and then again our, of course our guest is calling in from Colorado. So we're an all yeah. Pac twelve show tonight, which is great. Yeah, you know? we are. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well now, no, John but, see <laughs> What does Marty think about football? I know we we know what she thinks about baseball. It's like watching paint dry. Is she a football fan? Yeah, yeah. She is actually a pretty big football fan. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah, well, it kind of suits her. You know, it's it's a, a extreme, uh, a whole <laughs> string of of big explosions. You know, one after She's another, and on. and she she likes that. You know, she likes yeah. the explosive uh, play. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I even got her watching a little bit uh, last weekend. Um, really, we saw the we saw the end of the forty nine er forty nine er game. Um, yeah. yeah, it was uh, overtime. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we we used to well when the forty when we lived in the Bay Area we were huge Forty Nine er fans and right. of course we saw we we really saw every game that's we were totally into it. Sure. You know, Joe Montana days. Those oh, were the, those that. Days. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So. Well, there's that's that's what's happening in my world. <laughs> other, than, <laughs> other than that, it's really cold here in Portland, and so we are. We are thinking about our friends on the streets, and uh, there's a coldness, oh, you know, throughout uh, the, the country yep. right now. We think about uh, those that uh, don't have a home or a place, and yeah. and uh, think about what does the gospel of welcome look like uh, for the least of yeah. these, not only in our backyard but also around the world. Do they have um, Do they have cold weather shelters there where they can go to when it's really bad? Yeah, they do. I mean, it's it's uh, it has to reach a certain temperature, and then the city will will uh, allow you then to open up as a as a uh, shelter. But uh, yeah. then there's places like the church that I go to. I, um, yes, I, I go to a church, and uh, but we're a mm-hmm. uh, we're actually a, a, a shelter for three months out of the year. It's an overnight shelter. Okay, and so we got that's great you know, folks coming in, and so but uh, mm-hmm. it'll be pretty cold. Um, you know, and, and just got to be thinking about those, uh, those around us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We do the same thing. The same thing happens here in Laguna beach, a cold, certain temperature than, than, uh, churches and, and, uh, you know, uh, community buildings, they all uh, can open up. That's and, awesome. Uh, I, I'm really great. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So, well, um, we got a great show tonight, John. We do. We do, and um, we're going to hear tonight about um, an incredible work that's going on in Uganda. But I think, you know, the interesting thing is we're we're going to hear how just an ordinary uh, person, our guest, Kelsey, um, uh, kind of got got roped into (laughs) um, an incredible uh, ministry, on the other side of the world, and uh, she's just just a person like any one of us, you know. Um, the story begins, with, uh, as far as I know, you know, she's in a Christian college in Colorado, and uh, um, you know, things can take over our life, and who knows what God has got for each one of us. Um, this is going to be a wonderful story. So uh, I, I'm I'm excited. Shall we go to our guest? Absolutely. Are, we, are you ready? Uh, man, I've been ready for this for 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 a while now, and just was so grateful that she was available uh, to be on tonight. And uh, I, I know since I've met her several years ago at a Starfish Expo, I just thought, wow. I think of her and the work she's doing. I think cool. she's a rock star. So I'm excited. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Well, our guest is Kelsey Hargadine. And she is with an organization called Rowan, R-O-W-A-N, Rural Orphans, Widows, and AIDS Network. 
And uh, But she's going to tell us how this all came about, which is a pretty amazing story. Um, and uh, so I'm going to ask her to come on. Kelsey, are you with us? I am here, John. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to uh, The Catch on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and you're calling us from uh, Colorado, is that right? Yes, and it was. I heard you guys talking about cold. I think I trumped cold. It was about 20 degrees today. And um, wow. de-icing my car, and it and it begins for the winter. Uh, yeah, but now, do you get out? You're near Steamboat, is that right? Uh, That's right, I'm about I, 40 minutes out. So, uh, do you spend any time on the slopes? Uh, uh, is that something? Is that one of the reasons why you're there? Great question. When I went to Colorado Christian University, I I went on the slopes every weekend, and I think I think I enjoyed it then. At this point, um, we get out every now and then, but we do a lot more uh, snowshoeing mm-hmm. and hiking and that type of thing as well. So um, okay. my husband's a big hunter and outdoorsman, so we do a lot during the summer. Did you? Um, so were you into skiing or snowboarding? I was a skier. I stuck with the original sport, John. Let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, two two skis, right? Two of them. One That's on each right. Foot. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I I could never do it. I I you know I I think I would be a snowboarder if I had a chance because uh, one seems a little one big fat one seems a little more easy to control than two of those things. I could just never. They were always getting tied up when I did it. That's right. Well, <laughs> coming out and I'd love to I'd love to watch that that process happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Kelsey, you uh, you have had a, a, quite an adventure um, going back to your uh, sophomore year in in uh, Colorado Christian University. So why don't we pick it up right there and uh, you tell us uh, how how God got you uh, to Africa? Sure. Um, this is such a passion. I could talk all night. So I was like, Lord, help me direct uh, the story tonight. So, um, yeah, I was uh, at CCU. I love that university and still work with them today. And um, it was their missions chapel. And everyone was looking. It was 2002 uh, at that time. And there was an organization there called Africa Inland Mission that was offering to take mm-hmm. students for the whole summer. And I knew that my heart, I knew I was supposed to go to Africa. And at that time, it wasn't known. I didn't have a single friend who had gone. I didn't know, I didn't have a missions background or a church background like that. Um, So now all my friends, you know, so many people are able to go. But back then it was pretty rare. So um, through a long set of circumstances, through a lot of prayer and faith, there was a couple no's there from the parents at first. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm from Southern California, like you, John, so... Mm-hmm. My LAPD mm-hmm. father was a, a bit hesitant at first, yeah. but um, God, you know, totally changed his heart to the point where he goes now. It's amazing. But, yeah, so that's where it, it began, and I said yes to doing that. It was a two-month uh, trip where I went with a couple girls I didn't never had met. Mm-hmm. They trained us up well, and they dropped us off. The road wasn't even a road. It was like a bike mm-hmm. path, and they drove us five hours into the cornfields, into the wood, in the little mud huts, and dropped us in a little house with a local pastor for six weeks and said, we'll see you later. <laughs> and that's where it began. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, now, that, that sounds a little bit like my daughter, who, who is a, a snowboarder and a surfer. Um, uh, nice. And, and she, she took our, 
our our youngest our youngest who is now 15 um uh, she wow. taught him to swim by basically throwing him in the ocean and yeah. you know, one of those things. It sounds a little yeah. bit like that. But, you know, before we, before you before you take off from that spot, I want to back up. You said you knew that before any of this happened that, that, that God had had something for you in Africa. Can, what what was that? What's that like? Can you talk a little bit about how did you know that? What That's you know great. was it a vision? Was it a you know? What, explain that to us. That's 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 amazing to me. It it is to me even today. Still, I look back. I was at Hume Lake Camp, uh, California, and Francis Chan was a speaker, and I accepted the mm-hmm. Lord at age fifteen, and I just remember being wrecked on my face and just going lord my life is yours i now understand my identity i know i know who i am i know who you are like i will go to the ends of the earth for you where do you want me and i can't tell you it was like an audible voice it was like this this inspiration this dream this vision and this excitement for africa that i don't Honestly, John, I don't even think I knew it was a continent at that point. I just knew it was a place and I just wrote it down. And it was something that I wrote that wow. down and looked later. Interesting enough, at that same camp, it was the first t- time I started to want to journal. That's how I communicate mm-hmm. so well to the Lord is that way. So I went mm-hmm. in and grabbed the only journal this camp had. And I looked back the other, just the other day, and on it, there's animals on it. But behind the animals is an outline of the continent of Africa. And mm-hmm. I didn't even see it. Um, oh, my. And I looked at that. I was like, wow. Like, he, it was so imprinted on my plan that I, it was just amazing. So it was more of a, an overwhelming sensation that, that I never had before. It's like those thoughts that come to your mind that you know weren't from mm-hmm. you. Uh, mm. You just know that they're from him. And I just held on to those. That's amazing. So, I mean, it wasn't a talk that somebody gave or some missionary from Africa that you heard or can you really, you can't really point to any particular event. It's just an impression in your heart. Is that right? Yes. And can you imagine being my parents? I I ran home that trip going, I accept you, Jesus, and I'm going to Africa. And they're like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. One one step at a time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, so, and and you never, and that never went away, obviously. Never went away. It was tucked away, and, you know, it was jumbled in the whole, okay, I'm in college now, what's my major, what's my goals, what am I going to do for income, what, all those college questions um, Mm -hmm. invaded that a bit, uh, you know, until this mission chapel came and reminded me of, of that. Yeah, um, that original impression, and so that's kind of and where so this is from there. This is like the first. This is like your first uh, real opportunity to go to Africa, yes. right? Is that totally okay? That is right. And I wasn't going to go for two weeks. I was like, okay, if I'm supposed to go, I'm supposed to go for at least the whole summer, and and that was really rare to find at that time. And so to have the opportunity was something I wanted to grab hold of. Definitely, okay. I was probably a little stubborn at the same time. So. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to raise funds for this and and stuff like that? Was that difficult or? What, Absolutely. My, yeah. You know, my parents were like, "Oh, you have to raise four thousand dollars. Yeah, you can go if you raise the funds. Sure." And mm. 
lo and behold, they they told me that out front. I was like, okay. So I sent out letters, and within a month, I got thirty five hundred dollars. So wow, it was so easy. Like that part was so easy that my parents were like, wow, okay, we got to take it serious. And um, well, God made it so did, clear. You became you said you became a Christian at, at Hume Lake. Now, did you? Were uh, your parents Christians? Do they share at this time? Did they share your your faith in the Lord? At that point, they took me to church, a Presbyterian church, where we all went, and it was a, a Sunday deal. Um, after that camp, I moved myself. I went to, I changed churches. I told them I wanted to go to a different church that um, that mm-hmm. was more active in, in my, from a relationship with the Lord. And then they went to that church as well to check it out, see what it was like, and mm-hmm. ended up staying there to this day. And um, they then really accepted Christ after they moved churches. So I kind of my dad uh, has, in a way, spearheaded that movement for them, and they're now just on fire for the Lord. Oh, that's cool. So that yeah. that they they went through a you were you were instrumental in, in a change in their life and transformation in their own life. Sounds like God's so good like that, you know. And I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, it's so neat to see how even your own children can mm-hmm. do that. And so, um, well, yeah, it's been an amazing well, journey with them. Okay, back to the story. You're great. You, 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 they dropped you in Africa. Yeah, basically dropped me off. You're on a road somewhere. At this point, <laughs> yeah, I'm on a road that doesn't look like a road. And <laughs> at this point, it's hard to imagine. There's no cell phone. There's no Instagram. There's no internet mm. out there. There is nothing. And for six weeks, being stripped of that um, was so amazing. And, and yet, yeah, I was a little freaked out. I mean, there was. So many spiders, I can't even tell you. And um, peeing in a hole, bathing in a bucket, and and barely speaking English, and going, okay, here I am. This is what I, this is it. And, and the thing is, is it was the most foreign moment in my life where I felt so mm. out of my skin, but at the same time felt so, so at home. And it's hard Did to you explain. Ever... It wasn't, oh, go ahead. Okay. Did you ever doubt uh, during that summer that uh that this that this was the right thing oh gosh so long ago i um i knew that that was the right trip and the right summer and the right timing for me leaving mm-hmm. there you know after those six weeks and we can talk about that but i you know on a mission trip you're like this was amazing i'll never know if i'll find my way back here to the middle of mm. these people and and so you say goodbye pretty finite thinking that was an amazing experience. Who knows what will come next? I didn't at that point know this is this is my something. I didn't know that yet. Okay, okay. But but during that time, you had no doubts. You knew you were where you were. This, no. This was the, this was the Africa that, that you were called to. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we, well, yeah. What what happened? What besides the spiders? I hate spiders. I <laughs> I could never do that. I <laughs> it was it was that there was one spider. I'll tell you, Pastor Paul is who I lived with. I haven't introduced him yeah. yet, and um, you know, I got to I, I saw so much in those six weeks. We could talk all day about, but the real highlight was was <laughs> spending time with this man, and he was um, from there. There's spiders everywhere, but there was one night. There was a spider the size of of my hand and it was over my bed and, and, um, you know, pastor said, in the, in the name of the stick and he's, he's trying to kill this thing. And, 
years later, he tells me, Kelsey, I was so scared. <laughs> I had never seen his butt that big. So, yeah, there were um, definitely some fun <laughs> visitors for sure, but he's so sweet and calm, and I had no idea. He was so freaked out. Um, but, yes, he, um, he again, introducing him, he and his wife and his eight children, um, mm. we all shared this little brick house, and it wow. was the highlight by far. Um, he's a man who um, was born in that village. The village is called Mawanga. And uh, when he was young, he wanted to get out and be in the big city. It's what usually happens in the villages is the young people flee and try and make a life for themselves. And he ran right into a government overthrow in the capital, um, gun pointed to his head. And the gunman turned for an instant, and he was able to jump out the window, live in the bush for Mm. a few months, find his way back to the village and he swore he'd never go back to the city. And um, as he, as he came back to the village, he ran into Canadian missionaries, which told him that it was Jesus who saved him. And um, they ended up training and equipping him, raising him up to be the local pastor there. Once the Lord captured his heart. And, and so that's kind of where it began for him. And he felt called into back to his community and to empower and to love his people there. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I love about, that's what I think the thing I love about this story is that it's all around an indigenous pastor who has a a heart for these people. It's not just, you know, just all, all missions. Yes, absolutely. He, um, he's the reason why Rowan still even exists. And, um, Mm. he, when I met him, he was, um, you know, we would sit around a kerosene lamp that first trip and he would tell me stories. And I'm at this point. I'm on fire for the Lord. I'm 19, but I had not yet. Ex- I felt like I was thrown into present-day Bible time. The story mm. he was telling me, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> that still mm. happens?" And mm. he, you know, sharing, you know, that the in-laws. He was a witch doctor, and and didn't want uh, him to marry the daughter because he's a Christian, and and how the curses would be thrown onto his house, and the demons would be coming, and he could hear spirits outside, and and he'd by the blood of Jesus, they don't come in, and protect his family wow. and and I, I'm sitting here going okay that's does that just happen in Africa I mean there were so many questions um yeah at the same time I mean total humility he, he told me he's like when you accept Jesus you you receive a tool belt with the tools with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord on on how mm-hmm. to fight the enemy and that's there that's mm-hmm. what he does out of desperation so um that was eye-opening for me, for sure. Wow. And, yeah. you know, uh, walking with him for six weeks was the biggest life change, I could tell you. I mean, you'll never hear about this guy outside of my own voice, but he is a man that um, really just walked with Jesus. And hmm. he even would just pray out loud all the time. And I'm like, are you talking to me or God or who are we talking to here? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and um, he would just, I learned so much. He would his calendar was prayer. He would he would pray to figure out what his day looked like. You know, he would mm. go to the Lord with every decision. And I'm like, wow, what would my life look like if I le- mm. lived my life like that? Um, mm. And you can imagine, 19, it was quite life changing to meet him. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was he was something else. And just hearing his prayer. And his, his prayer life was always praying for family and then the widows and the orphans in the community, which is where Rowan birthed was his prayer. Um, and he says Rowan mm-hmm. was birthed out of tears of sorrow, but now is in tears of joy. And so that's 
kind of where that came from. I thought, gosh, if widows and orphans are on the lips of this man, it must be on the heart of Jesus because they were so intimate with each other, so close. And I just wanted mm-hmm. that for myself. And I wanted to know the Lord that much where I knew without a doubt in my mind what God wanted for me. Um, and so that's kind of what I left with was those life lessons of what I want my life to be that close and that intimate with the Lord. Wow. Wow. Let me, you know, we're going to, we didn't talk about this, but um, I want to ask you what may be a tough question right here. Um, you're going back and forth from a place that that is, uh, you know, the, the, the spirit world is just right right on the edge. It, you're, you're, you're hearing it. There, there are demons. We're, we're, we're casting out demons. We're, we're seeing the spirit of God do tangible, life-changing things in front of our eyes. And then you come back here to the States, and everything seems to be kind of quiet. It goes underground. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you live with those two realities? How, how do you put that together? That is that's the question. Um, before when I was when I was first wrestling with this, and I continue to today, but I would wrestle it from the sense of, well, is that just a cultural thing? Is that because in Africa it's so excessive with witch doctors and witchcraft? There mm-hmm. in that continent you do not have to persuade people that there is a spirit realm. No way. They get it. They know it. They already it's a believe matter it. of knowing. They already believe it. It's a matter of knowing that the Holy Spirit is the power that you want to believe in, that God is the, the God of love, and to know what's more, more importantly, which spirit are you with, you know, and to go there. And that's where we, we start our salvation talks from with, with Muslims and others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I'm over here come back here I it's yeah it's dulled and in the churches in general none in specific but just the spirit world isn't talked about um it's a little hard to go there on a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. um and I understand that and wrestling with that myself I see and I lived in Singapore for two years another story for another time but living in different regions Mm -hmm. when I'm lifted out of America you almost see a blanket over America of just how the how the enemy works different in different cultures. Same mm-hmm. enemy, same demons, different ways. So I I see the enemy here working around busyness, individuality, time. Mm. And and, mm. and those those concepts mask us and we become so busy doing that we aren't even activating the spirit realm. We're not even we're not even a threat. Because we're so busy doing what we're doing. And that there's nothing bad, but busyness can be a threat. Um, and the enemy loves us being busy. And so when we stop and we seek the Lord and understand the Holy Spirit and his presence, that's when the threat becomes real for the enemy. And that's mm. when I start seeing mm. things happen. And I've seen things happen in America. But I, mm-hmm. I, I see that possibly as, uh, maybe how my my own opinion how the enemy works here. Amazing. So perhaps uh, just different tactics, um, mm-hmm. even of the enemy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think the enemy cannot create something new. Um, he has to mm-hmm. use what the Lord created, and he's limited mm-hmm. to that. Um, so God mm-hmm. can create something good, and He can twist and turn it so quickly. So easily, mm. so subtly, 
to where we're not, we become human doings, not human beings. And um, to be in the presence of the Lord is something that uh, he doesn't want. So he, over here, he may not even need to be as active because we're just so dulled or apathetic or busy or any, any other any other number of things. Is, that, is that, that perhaps true? That's my challenge to all of us. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's true. And I'd say challenge mm-hmm. that and see what happens because um, once I became aware of it over there and bringing it back here, you can't deny it. And And people... When mm-hmm. I hear stories like that, are hungry to know, know about it. And wow. I have a home group here, and when we pray and we see healings and we believe in people and see pregnancies come after they've been not able to for 10 years, you know, and you're seeing these miracles happen, mm-hmm. that only propels your faith that much further. Faith is the currency of intimacy. The more intimate we are, the more faith builds, mm-hmm. and the more we see God move, and and it's, you can't stop it. It's amazing, but I can easily and so many times become dull to to those mm-hmm. things and just kind of get mm-hmm. back into my swing of doing. Wow. Wow. So your experience of Africa has definitely affected your experience mm-hmm. as a whole, your life experience as a whole, wherever you are. Absolutely. So what you're telling us? I am. Um, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's, let's um, go back to Africa. Let's go back to Africa and, right. and Pastor Paul. And this this thing of this thing of intimacy because I, I was so challenged by that even when I talked with you uh, yesterday. So uh, let, let's talk about that since you did bring that up just now. Um, uh, let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, uh, Pastor Paul and and his his walk of intimacy with God. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Um it's worth writing a book about and I might challenge you to help me do that later. <laughs> but for now, <laughs> okay. I, All right. um, I, I, it's on my bucket list. I'm like I must represent this man because that's all that God has given me the green light to do. And it's so amazing is to be a microphone for him and for what God's doing there. Um, mm. If only all of us young go getting missionaries had a pastor Paul to help bring us into a foundation of intimacy. It was um, a gift. And so again, Living with him, I've been. I, it's been 12 years now. I lived over there for a time, and, and he even came over and performed our wedding ceremony three years ago. The relationship cool. of transparency of a spiritual father that we have is is why Rowan is what it is. Um, but yeah, his intimacy level, I, I can't even explain it to you. It's someone who's so so in tune and can hear God in so many different ways, and. Um, there's a sense in Africa, if you've been there, of desperation, physical desperation. Mm. And that, that physical desperation leads them to a desperate relationship for God. Like there is nothing else that's going to bring them food today besides wow. interceding. And mm. my prayer for myself is always, how, Lord, make me desperate without mm. needing phys- physically desperate. Make me desperately hungry for you. Um, mm. Pastor Paul is a man who never went to high school. He just read the Bible and believed it for what it said. And mm. I will tell you, there's something to be said for that childlike faith because he just believes. He just believes. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's a life of worship. He's constantly worshiping, constantly pouring out love in a way that I, I would think he, he would get tired 
um, being around suffering all day. He's never calloused to it. And to see that overwhelming sense of love in a man, and he never, when I was around him, he'd never run dry. Yeah, he'd get physically Mm -hmm. tired, and let me tell you, he would get really Mm -hmm. sick at times. And he had been beaten. He'd been thrown in prison. And yet he'd be like, Kelsey, I loved it. <laughs> he'd say, when he went to the prison, he'd go in there, and there's 20 guys in the prison, and they're like, yes, we have a prison pastor. And then he'd preach all night, <laughs> all of them except Jesus. He declared in three days they'd be walking out, and in the third day they all walked out free. And there was so much sadness and leaving the prison. I'm like, pastor, he's, he's like, Kelsey, it was the hardest thing I ever did, and I'm, I loved it. Now I understand what those people go through. It's hmm. it's such a humility in Every opportun- every situation is an opportunity to show God's love. There was a moment when um, a man beat him almost to death, uh, stripped him of any money he had through court, and um, he could have sent this man to prison for life. And he should have. Justice, you know, said mm-hmm, he should mm-hmm. have. said, Kelsey, how can I preach on forgiveness if I don't forgive this man? And mm. all the Christians around him, myself included, were like, put him in jail. And I was, I was so challenged by his mm. choices that only mm. could come from from the the heavenly reality of the word and of God's love and what it really means. And mm. that's every decision I make in my life, I think about him. I think about what, A, what would Pastor Paul do in the sense of how he responds to challenge. Mm. And so that was all based out of, of his intimacy. Again, prayer was his to go mm-hmm. every morning for his to do. And, um, and in that, he was never scared. He was never. He never lived in fear. You cannot have fear and faith in one, in one thought. And he just has such a life of faith. I thought, I just want, I just want that. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, um, what? Uh, tell us just a little bit about the organization now, um, and how that came to be, and 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 how you came to be involved with it. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah sure. Um, it's never something I thought, there needs to be another nonprofit in this world. <laughs> Let me sign up. <laughs> definitely uh, definitely a mm. divine process. And um, mm-hmm. once I left the village, you know, fun story is he had us four girls plant a tree in the front of his yard to remember us by. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to need a tree to remember this man. <laughs> and so I left mm. um, three years later, got an opportunity to go back. And when I went back, it was like, again, coming home. I graduated college. This was like something I had traveled. Yes. Three three years. Do you have any, do you have any contact? Did you know what was going on during those three years? <laughs> Great question. He had internet. It was a new thing. And he would go to the city four hours away to write me. So it was not Uh, often, but it was enough to plan for me to get there. And he picked me up from the airport, and it was okay. It was quite a risk, but yes, I did it. Um, Okay, so you did keep in touch. All right. Yes, yes. And so, um, yeah, going back there, we they did the welcome. The palm trees came out. It was a very humbling experience, and uh, ended up sitting under you know you sit under the trees at the house, and you sip on a coca-cola from the 70s and you just talk about life and we're sitting there and um he said kelsey i I, it's sad but all the girls trees that were planted all the girls trees died i was like that's too bad you know and he's like but the tree you're sitting under is yours 
And this tree <laughs> in three years was full grown. And I looked wow. up at this thing and I'm like, that doesn't happen in America. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen ever. And um, he looked at wow. me and he handed me a, a bound document. Now, God knows where he bound this thing. And he had pictures in it. You could barely pick out a face. But, and he handed me this document and um, it, was, it had Rowan on it and the acronym and the goals and the objectives and the visions and the pictures were what he was already doing. He was already meeting the widows and the orphans under a tree because at this time in 2000, whatever this was, five, AIDS has wiped out the parental generation in that region and the widows and the orphans are, are left knocking on his local church doors for help. And he was, mm. I had never seen him so burdened, um, his love never ended, but the burden was so heavy on him, and he he just began sewing in. And, and you know, and it's the it's the promise and the reality of heaven that you know, sow a seed and God will multiply it. Give a fish and a loaf, He will multiply it. And he was doing just that for Pastor Paul, and um, he was offering mm. spiritual nourishment and physical things. And I'm seeing what he's been doing. I'm like, what? And he was already beginning this. It was his vision, and and. Somewhere in the in the fine print, it says, "Oh, and founded by Pastor Paul and Kelsey Young to empower every orphan and every widow in Africa." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's in the book." <laughs> um, I was still 22. I was still figuring out my plans, quote unquote, and 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 here I am sitting under a tree, bird's eye view, in the middle of nowhere, with a village pastor, with a vision the size of world vision, going, "This is what we're going to do for our people." And God has given me a vision that you're gonna, you you're meant to help in this. And um, my flesh wanted to run. This was this was a bit above my my understanding and my education. Am I promising him anything? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. But everything in my spirit said yes. Everything. There was there wasn't a moment in my spirit where I was like, I don't know, because this is exactly on the heart of God. Um, he is a family man, and there's broken relationship in his. His and God's mentality is to heal broken relationships. And, and I just said, yes. And if I would have known what he was saying yes to 12 years later, uh, my flesh would have run. Wow. But God, you know, I've been in the ICU almost on death row right before my wedding with illness and boils on my face and worms in my feet and money missing and all these things. Um, mm. But but that yes, when your spirit says yes, they have a song. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. And um, that that was it. And so that's where it began, under that tree. And wow. slowly, slowly grew over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, it's his vision. I can't even, I can't even claim it. Uh, I love it and I support it and I'm the microphone for it. And there's no mm-hmm. one that I would, I've been in weddings, I've seen babies, I, that's like my family out there. Um, mm. And there's nothing else mm. I'd rather uh, rather do. But that was um, definitely a moment of jumping out of that boat, going, okay, I said mm. yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you going to catch me when I fall? Mm. Uh, and he mm. does. Every time we fail, as John Maxwell says, you fail forward every time. And um, mm. there's never a failure. You just learn and you laugh and you forgive each mm. other. Cross-culturally, you better believe there's some funny stories. And uh, you just learn to grow hmm. together, and, and we're, in, we're in it together for the long run. So, um, Wow. Yeah, that's where it began. Well, give us a picture, babe, give us a picture of Rowan, a Rural Orphans Widows Aid <laughs> Network. Uh, give us a kind of a 
you know what 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 ends up happening what what do you do and uh yeah paint a paint a picture or tell us a, a story or something so we can get a sure yeah sure um uh gosh the first 10 years um were where I was fighting with wanting to start programs and start doing out of the human mm-hmm. doingness in me. Uh, <laughs> pastor said, "No, we we uh, we gotta we gotta start. This is what rings in my ear every day. We gotta start with smoke, end in fire. We don't wanna start with fire and end in smoke." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, touche." <laughs> so we mm-hmm. um, every day when I was living there, visiting whatever, and the local staff they have now is about twelve local staff. Um, born and raised in that region, heart of gold. Mm-hmm. They may have an education, but oh my gosh, their heart and their dedication to the Lord is beyond measure. Mm-hmm. And so, those first ten years, we sat in the dirt and we cried with people, and we heard their suffering, mm-hmm. and we listened. And I continued my education in the dirt, and would come mm-hmm. back hearing the needs of people, hearing the suffering, the AIDS, what's done, and and all their needs, and feeling quite overwhelmed because at that point. It was just me, and we didn't have Bibles or food to give or anything except a, a word of truth and encouragement. Mm. And we just heard and wow. listened. And it was we didn't have a program set. You know, we had ideas, but we wanted to know and hear from them, their needs. And even Pastor, being from there, who you would think probably knows what they need, want, it was never – every story was a new story, and he was so touched. And so um, – and I looked back in James one twenty seven one day when I was struggling, and it said, "Pure religion is to visit the widows and the orphans in their distress." And and that gave me hope because I didn't feel like I was doing anything. And so he said, "You're doing exactly what I've called you to do." So, truth be told, Rowan is is built on a foundation of ten years of listening on mm. my part, a lifetime for pastor. And out of the out of that time, programs birth. The people created them. We encouraged them. And mm-hmm. they said, we want to do, we listened to the women bicker over chickens versus passion fruit or pineapple, what they wanted to do. And and they picked it. And we trained them and, and what they wanted. And some gardens would fail and we'd start again. And and um, they wanted, mm. you know, these women are like, we want to build a hair salon. I'm thinking, are you kidding? You need food on the table. And they looked at me mm. and they said, Kelsey, they said, Every woman desires to be beautiful. I'm like, wow. Mm. Like, mm. how much do I have to learn? You know, and mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so and different things. So, of course, education was a big one. And and these orphans, uh, we had tons of childhooded homes where both parents died. There's 12 kids in the house, very vulnerable, and mm. um, so many of them. I can't even tell you. And so we had so many orphans that we believed. And there's a book out called Pursuit of Orphan Excellence. Um, the author hmm. escapes me, and it just came out, and it's the heartbeat of us. It's it's we want to place the children in a home. We don't build orphanages. Nothing against them when you need them, but we're mm-hmm. not going to just say something is better than nothing. We are going to love them as much as they deserve on this heavenly earth, in their situation to place them in a loving home with a loving caregiver, to give as much as a family that they can. And mm. so we raise up those caregivers. These caregivers could be widows themselves. They take mm. them in. We we try and find married couples, of course, um, which is hard out there. But we place them mm-hmm. in a home. We we find the best education, and we talk about their dreams and what they want to achieve, and we help them to the finish line. We help them find mm. a job. 
we don't say at 22, good luck. We want to love them 100%. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so we do that with the children. And the widows, we provide education classes. Again, we're like, you know, let's start a business. They're like, we can't count. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. So we start a free literacy class for them to go to school for the first time. We, um, I was living there. I was in a mall in the city, and, and I, was, I ran into a gal and just happened to start talking to her. And at that time, we were praying for the women to have eyeglasses because they couldn't read. I didn't even think about it because I'm so focused on program. <laughs> so I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. You need glasses, these poor women. And so this, this American gal, we started talking. I'm like, oh, what do you do? She goes, oh, I'm the founder of Eyes on Africa. I provide reading glasses. She handed me 300 <laughs> reading glasses in her trunk that day. And we were just praying about it that week, and and that kept happening, story after story kept happening. And so, um, so at this point with the widows, we we have classes for them. We have demonstration gardens to train them how to garden certain crops for for good income. We've done passion fruit recently, and they're so excited about it. One gal planted so much passion fruit, she raised enough money to build a house for herself, pay for her kids, and graduate. And find realizing wow. she doesn't need that direct help. She can do it. Uh-huh. We, we've we trained them in savings groups. Creating a culture of savings in that kind of environment is very difficult. And they're seeing the results. They're now taking offerings in their savings group to give back to Rowan. They've been building things for Rowan on their end. Um, and they understand they own it. It's theirs. And so that's that's kind of the look when you're there. Hope is so tangible you can touch it. And um, mm. salvation, there's dozens. We've got to start building churches now because so many are coming to the Lord. Um, miraculous stories of wow. salvations. My, my. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's amazing. So so now um, your time is pretty much uh, you're, you're here in, in America pretty much uh, – raising funds and creating awareness, that kind of thing? And then do you go back? Do you still go back um, a few times a year? How does that work? Yes, all the above. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, God is raising up amazing volunteers to help me. Um, as, you know, we're praying about starting a family as well, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, mm-hmm. help, help me see how that's <laughs> going to work. So, and, of course, the, pa- the pastor Paul is like, when are my kids coming? <laughs> He's ready. So, um Anyway, so yeah, at this point, I'm I'm still the voice. Um, I have some great volunteers helping with the program with me. I'm really the fundraising arm here with a board that um, we are the supporting mm-hmm. arm for them. They have a I board, see. they run the show, and we support. Um, I'm kind of the li- liaison between the board the boards in Uganda and America to mm-hmm. communicate to one another to help each other understand. Um, I talk to the people on the ground in Uganda every day. Um, through Facebook, which is such a gift. I tell you, technology is a gift from the Lord for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a closed Facebook group for all our supporters, so we raise support through sponsorship uh, that we just started um, to help them with those get through and graduate our programs and um, some other, you know, other ways of donations. And I put them on a closed Facebook group, and they can directly talk with Pastor Paul and his staff and some of the older kids directly, and it's such a sweet thing. Um, to be able to do. So at this point, that's what I do. I go back a couple times a year. Recently, mm-hmm. I raised up amazing team leaders uh, to be able to go with for me on my behalf and, and run it and do awesome. 
God linked us with the Ivy League campuses, and so they're all connected with Rowan and a partner with us, and we send college students every year. Um, and that's a great opportunity for both of us, them and us, to work together. And, um, yeah, so Pastor Paul says he loves teams. I'm very strategic about really praying through the, the purpose of teams because I've done them well and I've done them not so mm-hmm. well in the past. We've all learned. And mm-hmm. so um, Pastor loves it. He's like, I want, I want to minister to the people who come. That's what he says. People that come from America are broken. There's broken relationship, divorce. They struggle. I just want to love on them. He doesn't say come. I need them because I want to love on them. So um, mm. there's that opportunity as well. So, yeah, I'm, I wear a lot of hats, communication, website, you name it. But um, that's kind of where we're at this point is a transition of growth believing in administration finances to come in to grow the ministry to help me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, give us a yeah, – I, I hate to do this, but, you know, I mean, people do need uh, some some numbers, you know, to white, to, to just get our arms around something. I mean, what – give us a feeling for, for you know, how, how many how, – who, how many people are you ministering to – have you guys been able to build? What kind of things have you built? To, uh, are there clinics or are there you know, schools or you know? Give us a what, what's going on? Uh, sure, you know, uh, t- tangible stuff. Tangible. We built in 2008 a small office right there in the village of Mwanga. The name okay. actually means a coming together of tribes and nations. How cool is that? Um, so, I mean, blows my mind. So we have a small office there. Uh, three little rooms, and our local staff run that. Most offices in, in Africa are in the city. We are based mm-hmm. where we are working. So we started there, and so Great. many people came and fled to our offices, either HIV positive and or, so many, that we mm-hmm. are now, mm-hmm. we said yes, and we are now, we have zones, and we're in over 30 villages remotely um, where mm-hmm. we have that base, and then we have, we go out every day, and we have zonal leaders that are volunteers that run the zone, uh, each zone has their own garden and their own rules and their own savings groups, and we help just mon- organize that. Um, we have a, there is a clinic in the village that wasn't a row-on clinic per se, but one we partner with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's pretty run down, and we're looking to hire a mobile nurse because so many people are mm-hmm. sick. We got to go to them. So mm-hmm. we have that. We just got a grant for a mobile nurse, so we'll be looking for that. Um, and well, then for education. This? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, uh, I'm 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 wondering about what what about the uh, uh, you know the 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 drugs that we're able you know there's there's so many things that uh, I think are available now for people with AIDS. Are you able to get those to these people? Uh, Great question. Um, my key focus is networking. So uh, we've networked with some local doctors out there that have the medication, it is not as easy as it sounds to get medication. Yeah, um, yeah I, I imagine. It's, it's, yeah, it's supposedly free, but they, they drive or walk or take a bus or something two hours at mm. least, and they could be out that day, and they don't get the medicine that day, and that could r- lower their blood cells and just cause – it could just be – it's a horrible road mm. to go down, so – our goal is to network with this doctor, which we've already done, to facilitate the medication, come to us, and we would pay him to come to us and facilitate the medication monthly. Um, it's not as easy out where we are. Ninety uh, percent of people are in villages, but ninety percent of organizations are in the cities. So you see the gap yeah. there. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, we really are focusing on that, especially this year, and um, working with them on that. So that, and then of course education, uh, we send mm-hmm. kids out to boarding school. That's culturally what they do, and we place them there and check up on them every week and make sure everyone's doing good, and uh, then work on. We're looking right now. We have a bunch of like carpentry kits and bike kits and sewing machines. We just got from an organization called Tools with a wow. Mission out of, out of the wow. UK, and they just donated them. Mm-hmm. But um, big prayer request right now is we are still uh, doing all of these programs and working with hundreds of kids each week under a tree. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to build a hall called the Hall of Hope, and uh, that's on our big to-do. And in faith, we just claim it, like it's coming, like we need this building. So um, that's kind of where our big focus is right now. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And Kelsey, how mm-hmm. is the tree doing? How's your tree? Is it still there? My tree is so great. They engrave my name. They're so funny. <laughs> it's still there. Every time I go, it's it's something to look at and be reminded of the beginnings. And um, wow, this is just the beginning. And I believe that acceleration has is coming now because it's just on God's timing, you know. And um, it's exciting to see instead of going to a home and hearing all the suffering to go to a home with a team member and hear the praise reports of what through Jesus Christ what Rowan has done. And um, wow. that's my joy. Pastor says that those, their success is our salary and that's what we're doing. So um, mm. it's quite an exciting, exciting time. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, tell us the website and for our people who might want to find out more information and maybe um, give to this uh, great Great ministry. Uh, what's your website? Sure. It is loverowan.org. And um, Africans love long acronyms, hence Rowan. <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. that's the website uh-huh. right there. Um, we are at 85 sponsorships. We're dreaming to get to 100 by Christmas. Believe it can okay. happen. Um, that's a big so one. And then the whole now, would you here. be sponsoring a child or sponsoring a, 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 a widow? or what? How does that work? Yeah, you can do either. We have widows and orphans um, to sponsor all ages and write letters back and forth, and um, they can practice their English and writing and all that. Oh, fantastic. So that's Love Rowan, L-O-V-E-R-O-W-A-N dot org, right? Correct. Is that right? Yes. Great. Yes. Great. And, uh, by the way, incredible website. Uh, I've had... uh, so much fun around there and I end up you have news and you have current events and um, you know videos um, that uh, I got a chance to just it was fascinating to me just to listen to the language you know mm-hmm. um, because you get a real feeling for for a place that way and uh, I appreciate that I think it's a very very educational uh, kind of um Website. I encourage our people to to uh, go snoop around there. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, this is just amazing. Um, from a, a sophomore year at a Christian college in Colorado to halfway around the world and, and to your tree and what happened underneath it, and uh, you got roped into this thing uh, and didn't even know it. Sounds like. Uh, is that right, Kelsey? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, I tell you, Pastor Paul's got some connections with God, and uh, can't, you can't argue with that. 
<laughs> you can't. You can't. And uh, and so you've been written right into the the core of this this thing. And uh, there you are. And God has had such an adventure for you. Um, is there anything? Well, our time's about up here. What what can you say to to just encourage our listeners here? Um, based something that you know that what can we take home from from your experiences, what you shared with us that 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 will work for us uh, uh you know as we're going through on our 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 everyday dull lives here in America trying to <laughs> live a life of faith every day how how can you encourage us that's mm-hmm. right it's nothing but anything but dull, and I'll tell you um the biggest thing I've learned as as and echoing what I've shared tonight is that it is out of intimacy with the Lord that ministry flows and mm-hmm. um it's it's there and when the Holy Spirit is driving your ministry, it looks a little different and can even feel a little scary at times when he's he's guiding in a way that doesn't look right, um, maybe to the board or to the outsiders, but to to trust that it's it's really his mm-hmm. and to move in faith, um and to have that yes in your spirit. Say, Yes, Lord, you can you can use me and I don't care where you send me, what you do and to say yes and for all of us back here in America, um, having that yes in your spirit is um, mm. gives God the green light. He wants to look down. I want him to look down at me and say, ah, she's a daughter I can use. She's listening mm. to talk to me. And, and mm. I want to be that tool used by him no matter what culture I'm in. And um, mm. I just pray that for all of us, that we can have a yes mm. in our spirit to whatever he's saying and that we can be so in tune to hear him uh, that, that closely. So checking in with the Lord all the time, listening, it sounds like listening in your spirit to what to what he's saying to you, bringing, it sounds like also I heard you say, you know, bringing all of your decisions to him. Uh, is that right? Am I, am I, am I getting that's right. right here? That uh, is right. And he, yep, I, that's right. I can sure use this. I can sure use this in my life. I can tell you. And how, how much how much do we go through our our average days here in America and 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 we didn't even give the Lord a thought. Mm. I mean really I know. and uh and here here's a man who's who's living literally right out of his pocket every moment, every day mm. talking, hearing, bringing every thought uh to the Lord. Boy, there's a what a great example, and uh, and I think we need to do it here, and the only reason we think we don't is what we just talked about, is that we're we're being blinded. The enemy is here just as, just as powerful as he is there. It's just that he shows up there because they believe him. They believe he's there, yeah. And, yeah. and so he can work. But here we don't. And so he says, no problem, I'll just slip out here and I'll be real quiet and you'll never see me and I'll just make you guys all fall asleep here and think you're in charge. Think you're in charge, right? Yep, yep, totally. Wow. And, yeah, it's it's a humbling place to be and it's fearful at first, but, man, your faith builds and you see God move and it's, it's unstoppable. So that's absolutely mm. right. Well, absolutely. you've taught me some 
some wonderful things tonight. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope everyone who's listening is is, is paying attention. And uh, and let's let's uh, do what we need to do to get that intimacy going with the Father um, every moment, uh, every day. That's a great lesson. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for for what you shared with us. Um, you've enriched our lives. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. I uh, appreciate you, John. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was last minute, but definitely a, a divine one. I believe so. I believe so. And uh, um, everyone love Rowan, L-O-V-E-R-O-W-A-N dot org. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, hear hear from some of our folks, too. And... Um, we, we look forward to hearing more about what's going on. Um, so thank you so much for being with us. Uh, stay warm. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. And uh, bless you guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Okay. And um, thank you so much. Okay, Kelsey. Thanks. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Well, Gunnar, are you there? I am here. That's uh that was the That was something. I you know, I, I just what a lesson. Uh yeah. I, I I I love her um her last point there uh about intimacy with the Lord. And yeah. uh, boy you put that and you put that together with what we talked about in terms of the, the the work of the enemy that's yeah. just just as just as powerful here is he, he right. just he he's just telling us that we don't need to do this he's just telling yeah. us that we can just cruise you know we just put our car in you know cruise control and uh, spiritual cruise control <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so, absolutely you know? it's real it really is real talk you know we talk about life life level application of what we heard tonight and. You know, and just even that posture of the gospel of welcome. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and and here, here's this young young woman. You know, and 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 just you know, just being called and just you know, you know, being roped in. You know, as you say, and, yeah. and just saying yes, and 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 really just doing some amazing amazing work. And whether you're in Africa or whether you're in uh, you know Chicago, you know what I mean? It's, right. Uh, this is really good. And it's the same thing, and I think, and 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 when God gets a hold of us, it, it's just yeah. because we're listening, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're paying attention. Yeah, and that's you know, in this day and age, you know, with the technology, it's it's uh it's hard to do that, isn't it? I mean, we're so locked mm-hmm. and loaded and preoccupied, and and it takes uh doesn't it take some intentionality? Is that right? Ah, uh, yeah, I believe it. It really does. I believe it does. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah, just, I've, I've always believed that there's so much more behind the scenes and what we, what we see. And, um, you know, I, I, and I, I, we hear stories like this where, where the spiritual world is so much right out on the surface. You wear it on the sleeve in, in, in yeah. places like Africa. Yeah. And 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 I I think it's because um, 
you know, there's there's a history there of 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 people actually believing yeah. in in demonic power and yeah. like the witch doctors and all that. So, you know, when when they believe it, then he's able to just come right out right out on the surface. And every yeah. everything is right out front. You're dealing with it every day. You can't avoid it. Yeah. Well that's I thought that was an insightful question, you know, and you kinda you kinda asked the question there of you know, how do you balance it? You know, you're kind of living in this world yeah. here and you come back here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know for me when I've, when I've, uh, you know, uh, traveled globally and then come back here, I mean, it's, it can, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different realm, isn't it? That was a great question. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be a struggle, I, I think. And, uh, um, you know, it's just because it, you, you don't, it's, it's, it, it can't be a lie, you know. So uh, what happens is everything just goes underground. I think, and yeah. in in our environment, in our West Western culture, and uh, you know, I think, and our our affluence probably affects that too. Yeah, um, we have so much surrounding us that we don't, and and we have so much stuff to dull our senses and, and yes. even dull the pain, yeah. you know? And, and so we're not, we're, we're not tied into uh, what's really going on in, in the spirit world. And, uh, well, and, and you've talked, I, have you talked about this, John, you know, you talk about that, but then we've also, haven't we kind of created kind of our own, kind of our own kind of safe uh, culture, you know? Yeah where we're kind of mm-hmm. in this bubble. I mean, you talk about that when you travel around to different universities and stuff. About a lot. The safe, mm-hmm. the safe place. How did we get to this place where it's safe? Were we ever meant to be safe, you know? Yeah. No, I don't believe so. And, and the Lord, you know, the Lord is praised for us to be protected yeah. in John 17, but he doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't say that, that, that we're going to be safe. He says, yeah. we're going to, he's, he's going to, he's going to protect us. And and yet and give us boldness and courage in the yeah. face of, uh, of, a, of a dangerous world, but it's yeah. not going to be, become any less dangerous. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. uh, I think this has been a, a just a, a just a fun a fun uh, show tonight. I was so so grateful that uh, Kelsey could could be on and and yeah. uh, if you're listening if you're if you're listening right now uh to the the podcast or maybe even uh in on demand uh facebook.com/thecatch uh you know we had posted uh, a link to the website loverowan.org and um of okay. course you know definitely listen listen to these podcasts send John a note and uh let him know what are you gleaning from these uh podcasts and these conversations you know what's your story amidst uh, these other stories. And, uh, John, there's sure to be many more coming in the weeks ahead. And, uh, you know, with uh, and then with what you're talking about right now, grace turned outward, which I just think mm. is absolutely a, just a great uh, visual of what that looks yeah. like in life. So uh, we got some good catches uh, lined up for the rest of the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. And uh, we're we're just trying to, you know, it was, it was, today was Veterans Day, and I, I, yeah. I was so excited to be able to get that insight yes. today. That was a good uh, 
I was just trying to, you know, define what a veteran is, and in the process found out that somebody who writes a blank check to the United States government saying, you can take anything all the way up to and including my life. Wow. And I thought, wow, that is incredible. Yeah. And and so, and what a way to think about what we give to God, you know, yes. what we bring to him every day. You can have everything up to and including my life. I love that, you know. Well, and, uh, that's, and so that's the way it is. That's yeah. <laughs> Well, it's catchjohnfisher.wordpress.com. Check it out. Sign up and receive this in your, your uh, inbox five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, also got a button there on the right-hand side. You know, for prayer, yeah, we've got a tremendous. Uh, you guys, yeah. are, uh, this prayer ministry is blown up, hasn't it? I mean, there is like oh, prayer yeah, it's gone crazy. Uh, my, yeah, we're trying to. My wife spent so much time trying to. She she just she just went through eighty five updates. Um, wow. Yesterday. Oh. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I think and, there's such a real and, and uh, Gunner, I, I read through some of these things. We're we're in the depths of people's real life and the pain yeah. and the hardship and the things that are going on. I just sometimes I just I just weep, you know. Yeah. I, it's just amazing, and yet to be able to have people share that honestly and yeah. not bear all this stuff alone. And we've got yeah. a group of people praying, and other people are finding out, and they're getting encouraged by it and seeing. The Lord work. It's pretty exciting. It's, pretty it's absolutely been an, exciting. It's been an amazing time, you know, over this last month of just being able to um, expose people and, and, and people learning some for the very first time of like, wow, there's so much more behind the catch than, than what I'm reading on a yeah. Monday to Friday basis. I mean, it's opening the door uh, for uh, people to, 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 to get prayer, to, be, uh, to see discipleship. Um, and counseling. I mean, there's so much more going on. I mean, John, did you ever think, you know, when you started this, you know, and, and you, you, every day you write a catch and then you hit send and now all of a sudden it's in thousands of people's inboxes that it would lead to this. This is incredible. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And I, I like that. I, and, uh, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to say that uh, uh, my wife, Marty, has been real instrumental in, in helping that to increase. And then you, Gunnar, you brought a lot to this team. And uh, I just uh, it made this thing much bigger, much bigger than just John writing a blog every day. And I, I'm glad for that. I, and I'm, we're, we're seeking to create something here that, that will go on after us, too. Yes. You know, that's what well, we really want. Yeah. It's it's from it's from message to movement and you know and and I think that's the thing is that we cha- and challenge uh, anyone that might be listening tonight and uh, and to go back and listen to some of the amazing uh, conversations we've had on Tuesday nights over the last year or so and but but that when you know right now obviously you know we're we're looking for people to join us in this in this movement yeah. and the gospel of welcome and this and yeah. this uh, grace turned outward to become member partners with us and to realize it's it's. It's not only just the everyday, just this people are some of the amazing comments we're reading of people and just being able to mm-hmm. meet them where they are Monday through Friday in their inbox. But where what the life of that message is leading towards in freedom and so many other areas. And so we encourage we're, we're looking for folks to, to join us and partner with us, become member partners and really help us, you know, uh, look back on 2015 a year from now and say, wow, 
look at look yeah. at the work that's happened here through the community as a whole. And so, uh, John, right. it's an honor to be a part of this. This is it's exciting to see it just get traction. Great. Well, thank you, Gunnar, and thanks for your part. And uh, and gosh, we we've got. Uh, I think we're. I think we are ready to land the plane. What do you think? <laughs> I think we landed another, another Tuesday. <laughs> I think we landed the plane a little while ago, but we're lining up some uh, some some exciting guests here for the weeks ahead, and and some just some unique uh, stories, fresh voices, and uh, and so uh, tune in Tuesday night, six p.m. Pacific, nine Eastern. Uh, tune in Monday through Friday. Sign up, get that email, get the catch, become a member partner, John. Let's land the plane. Stay warm tonight. It's freezing here. It's colder in Colorado. And go Oregon Ducks. (laughs) You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio. I don't know, Gunner. It could be Oregon versus USC. Could happen. Trying to get together. Trying to help the fellow. Arizona, Arizona State. How about that? Yeah, I think Arizona State. Yeah. This is going to be a big map. <laughs> <laughs> All Did you know more than one in seven U.S. adults have kidney disease and many don't know it? This National Kidney Month, find out what causes kidney disease and what you can do to take control of your health. Take a no-cost Kidney Smart class online at www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. That's www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! (sighs) Smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.